Welcome to the Half Hill Report. News and items of interest for and about the village of Half Hill, the Valley of the Four Winds, Pandaria, and all of Azeroth. Half Hill Report is produced in cooperation with Half Hill Agricultural College, dedicated to serving the educational needs of the greater Valley of the Four Winds community. I'm your host, Tosh Mafuni, coming to you live as we do every week from the upstairs room at Half Hill's own Lazy Turnip Inn. And it's listener letter time. This week's letter is from, let's see, oh, wow. Well, you aren't going to believe this, listeners, but this week's letter is from none other than Great Father Winter himself. Well, this should be interesting. Dear Rizak and Velmek, one of my helpers shared with me the discussion the two of you had last week about whether I live in Orgrimmar or Ironforge, and I couldn't help but laugh heartily at this debate. Because, you see, it just doesn't matter. Where I truly live is in the heart of everyone who believes in the magic, love, and generosity of Wintervale. So I ask you both, and everyone who hears this letter, to leave aside this silly disagreement as to where I live or even whether I exist, and instead look for me in the eyes, hearts, and actions of your family, loved ones, and neighbors during Wintervale. Wintervale is only with us for a brief time, but its spirit can be with you all every day of the coming year. Happy Wintervale and Happy New Year to all. Great Father Winter. Well, I I don't think I could have said it better myself. And thanks for writing. And now, on with the news. All over Azeroth, the spirit of Wintervale continues as residents are enjoying the gifts brought by Great Father Winter. The most popular gift this year was the Crash and Thrashin' toy, which came in both Battleship and Juggernaut models. And I'm sure there are parents of young ones everywhere who are just thrilled with these toys that dash about everywhere, wreaking havoc, crashing into furniture, unprotected ankles, and making an amazing collection of noises. Hey folks, you know the Wintervale entertaining season is still with us, so be prepared for that next holiday gathering with a perfect recipe from the Iron Paul Culinary Institute, prepared with fresh local ingredients from the fine vendors at Half Hill Market. Half Hill Market, open every day all year round, a world of shopping right here in our own backyard. Checking the Azeroth calendar, the Feast of Wintervale wraps up in just a few days with the annual Fireworks Spectacular. So make your plans to be at your favorite capital city to enjoy this wonderful event. The Azeroth calendar is sponsored in part this week by the good folks at Smoky Wood Pastures, who will be available for your Wintervale shopping needs through the end of the holiday. Smoky Wood Pastures, a Wintervale tradition of quality, from the Jingle Pocket and Copper Pinch family to yours. Well, it would normally be time for either Dwarven Dispatches or the Rizak Report, followed by the Inside Story. But Eamon, Rizak, and Velmik are all taking some well-earned time off this week. So instead, we are going to continue with a previous feature from the show. Before Sargeras wounded Azeroth, before the mist surrounding Pandaria fell, the black dragon Naltharion rose from the depths of Deepholm collapsing the elemental plane onto our world, forever changing the face of Azeroth. 
In this series of features, I'm visiting some of the most severely affected places and, through interviews and research, attempt to uncover and rediscover what those places were like before the cataclysm. This week, Central Ashenvale. On the southernmost edge of northern Kalimdor, the ancient forest region of Ashenvale stretches from the Veiled Sea to the borders of Ashara. This massive old-growth forest has long been the site of factional fighting, but experienced its greatest upheaval when the cataclysm raised an enormous volcano at its center. But what was this region like before Deathwing's actions scarred this land? Before Professor Talib and I traveled to Ashenvale to find out, I began my research as I always do with the extensive library of the Lorewalkers at the Seat of Knowledge in the Mogushan Palace. There is debate among scholars as to the relationship of night elven civilization to Ashenvale. Some history indicates that following the Sundering, this land was the center of night elf civilization until an incident with the Highborn that resulted in their eventual exile. And there is certainly archeological evidence in the form of ruins to support this claim. Others state that Ashenvale was strictly a hunting ground for the night elves and that they established their various outposts as a bulwark against horde incursions from the east. Today, the town of Astronar is the largest night elf town in western Ashenvale, while the horde maintains its positions in the east in Splinter Tree Outpost and the Warsong Lumber Camp. With our research done, we traveled to Astronar, which is once again a peaceful town now that the factional fighting has ended. It was there that we met with the night elf hunter, Rain Wolfrunner, who today splits her time between Astronar and Trueshot Lodge in the Broken Shore as a member of the Unseen Path. She graciously offered us a tour of the central part of Ashenvale and shared her reminiscences of how it used to be. We traveled the eastern road out of Astronar and almost immediately we could hear the rumbling coming from Thunder Peak and felt the heat of the flow of lava pouring south towards the road. We stopped there and gazed up to the caldera at its peak and elemental lord Magmathar. Rain shared with us that where the peak is today, there was once Iris Lake, where shade thicket moss eaters lived. At the center of the lake was a small island where one could harvest Elune's tears for their powerful healing properties. The lake fed a tall waterfall that spilled into a clear blue pond that ran alongside the road, which today is all that remains, its edges steaming and its waters bubbling from the constant flow of lava into it. The lava flow has created a massive, constantly burning forest fire, a river of destruction flowing from the peak down to the road, populated by raging fire elementals. Traveling further east to a broken stretch of the road, we could see down into the horde encampment that surrounds Silverwind Refuge. Rain gazed sadly down into the scarred area, denuded of its majestic old trees, now a center for horde industrial logging and the goblin research facilities known as the Skunk Works. The din of the machines and the stench of the goblin chemical works that were there today stood in sharp contrast to the still intact and beautiful night elf building standing at the edge of Mistral Lake. Rain told us that before the cataclysm and the horde invasion, one could stand at the entrance to the main building 
and look north to see the majestic old trees and green hills climbing up to the main road, with the occasional glimpse of wisps darting amongst the trees. All that remains today of those trees are their dead stumps scattered through the industrious and heavily armed and guarded camp. The biggest threat in the area before had been the water elementals in the lake and a small fir block camp, many of whose residents are now held captive in a large cage we could see just below the edge of the road. The ride back to Astronar was quiet as Professor Talib and I contemplated what we had seen and its stark contrast to the land that Rain Wolfrunner described to us. Iris Lake and the ancient trees can never be replaced, and this area may never fully heal from the wounds inflicted upon it by the cataclysm and the subsequent war. But their memories survive, and the stories of these once beautiful places are passed along. One can only hope that as we progress, these memories and stories will serve as reminders and cautionary tales making us all think about the pristine lands that still remained around us and how quickly they can be taken as a result of the misuse of power and the destructive nature of war. As always, we are coming to you live from the Lazy Turnip Inn in the heart of Half Hill, the little town that time forgot and the years can't improve. Hey, as you wind down from the hustle and bustle of Wintervale, why not drop by and enjoy the restful hospitality of the Lazy Turnip? And when you do, make sure you order up a cold, refreshing Storm Stout brew. Brewed right here in the valley by the fine Pandarans at Storm Stout Brewery. When in doubt, reach for a storm stout. Well, thanks for joining me again this week, folks. And if you're staying in on New Year's Eve with a special someone and are looking for something to listen to, tune in that night for a real treat. When Hugo met Bessie. You'll laugh and your heart will melt as this unlikely pair navigate friendship, romance, and relationships through the years, culminating in a very special New Year's Eve. See you next week, and remember, free Pandaria. The Half Hill Report is a fan-created fictional radio broadcast based on World of Warcraft. All place names, character names, and music from World of Warcraft used in the Half Hill Report are the exclusive property of Blizzard Entertainment, World of Warcraft is a trademark or registered trademark of Blizzard Entertainment Inc. in the U.S. and other countries. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended by the Half Hill Report. If you would like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at Half Hill Report or drop us an email at halfhillreport at yahoo.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at Dragon Powered Studio dot com